official podcast coverage of OzCert's 2012 conference is brought to you by Arbor Networks. Smart. Available. Secure. Datacom TSS. Discreet. Niche. Tailored. And Sophos. Secured. Hey everyone and welcome to this special sponsor podcast uh, coming to you from Ossert 2012 conference on the Gold Coast. I am Patrick Bray. Our three sponsors have all chipped in so that we can bring you this coverage and, you know, get everyone paid and, and, and working on it. So we're publishing two sponsor podcasts from each of our wonderful benefactors uh, throughout the duration of the conference. In this interview, we're chatting with Paul Ducklin of Sophos about the recent spate of Mac malware. In light of malware-like flashback, we're asking Paul, is it fair to say that the public perception that Macs are more secure than, uh, than PCs, which we've known for quite a long time, is, is a myth? Uh, you know, has that perception been busted? Here he is. I think we can say that incontrovertibly, Patrick. Sadly, there are still some people who want to dig for reasons why it still doesn't prove anything. You know, it's malware, it's spreading. According to two sets of researchers, the botnet it's created is actually quite large on the order of hundreds of thousands to millions of participants. You know, if you're a mathematician looking for an existence proof, by golly, you have it. Yeah, it never ceases to amaze me that there's still this prevailing attitude out there that you know, the, the sort of Unix roots of Macs make them somehow more secure. Uh, where, how did that idea come about? Was that just savvy marketing on behalf of Apple? And perhaps a bit of wishful thinking from the old school Unix crew, some of whom I think still compare Mac OS ten to Windows 95, saying, hey, Windows came from DOS, Mac came from Unix. Actually, OS X came out in 2001, at least the desktop version. So did Windows XP. So from a desktop point of view, you actually have to compare Windows NT came from VMS with Mac OS X came from Unix. So actually, if you want to go into things like ACLs, file permissions, the idea of discretionary security built into the operating system, etc., Mac and Windows are pretty much on an even footing there. Yeah. Now, one thing that uh, we spoke about, we were bouncing around a few emails before we uh, before we had this chat, is that the uh, it's it's always been sort of a moving target. People have said, "Oh, well, there's no malware on a Mac," and then it's all of a sudden, "Well, you have to enter your administration password," and then, "Oh, but hang on, then there's there's user interaction and stuff." You know, it seems that we've long made excuses for what you know for when a computer is vulnerable to attack and when it's the user actually responsible for the infection. But I think. Largely, we've learned, haven't we, over the last 10 years, that it doesn't really matter how an operating system gets infected. What matters is whether or not it gets infected. Patrick, the the must-enter-administrative-password one for Macs is actually a really pernicious explanation as to why I won't get malware. Because the problem is, firstly, there is a significant proportion of legitimate software which routinely requires you to enter your admin password to install or update. Adobe Flash is a good example. I just got an update yesterday, I think, and it's installing for every user on the system. It's in installing some stuff which will plug into Safari. So, of course, I need to enter my admin password. So I'm conditioned to enter it 
when I think it's appropriate anyway. So the fact that a piece of malware asks you doesn't really tell you anything because it's something that you at least from time to time do if you're a Mac user. It's a necessary evil. Well, and, um, does the, the flashback malware actually require the user to enter an admin password? Because it's, um, it you know, exploits a Java bug, which I would assume would get you root on the system anyway. No, that that's even worse. Not only does it not require you to enter an admin password, the distribution of stuff that we've seen, and my understanding, the bots that others have been tracking, uh, have pretty much, as far as we can tell, all been deployed onto end-users' Macs, as you say, via a Java exploit. In other words, the the crooks have jumped through all of the ask the user any questions at all hoops. So not only do you not need to enter your admin password, you don't even need to click the button that says, yes, I wish to go ahead with this download. And, and does that just compromise the user account or does it hose all uh, accounts? Is, you know, is it persistent beyond just that user account? I have to admit, Patrick, I haven't analysed this myself, so I can't tell you. Of course, you can argue it doesn't matter because many Macs are used predominantly by one person. So once you've installed something, it's a persistent threat. If it got in via what's technically still as was still a zero day on the Apple platform, even though it was patched six weeks earlier on Windows, then I suppose you can call it an advanced threat. So it really doesn't matter whether whether anything you install installs for one user or many. You can argue that if a Mac's at risk, particularly of a drive-by install, and it's shared by two users, and they're in the same household, the chances are reasonable that they're going to be going to the same sorts of sites anyway, and mm. therefore, you know, even if it infects one user at a time, could end up with two infections. So whether something is able to install for one user or for many, whether it has admin privileges or not, doesn't really matter. The point is, once you've got something that's permanently installed on your Mac, uh, particularly if you didn't get a warning about it, A, you're not going to know, and B, game over. Now, you guys have been uh, offering antivirus for Mac for a long time, and it has largely been, uh, you know, almost like a bit of an unnecessary luxury to have AV on a Mac because there hasn't been a great deal of malware going around. How much of a game changer do you think Flashback is? Because we did see some of the rogue AV stuff uh, popping up for Mac OS X, and that caused some headaches for Apple. I think that was last year. Uh, flashback seems to be the starter's pistol being fired on a very serious problem for Apple users. Do you, do you agree with that assessment? Well, you might say that the fake antivirus that we saw last year, you know, those were the heats, uh, you know, where we were working out who was going to be in the 400-metre final. And, yeah, maybe you're right. Now the gun's gone off and now this is the event we should all be watching. As I said earlier, you know, the, if you're looking for an existence proof, this is it. But We've actually had an existence proof for, for years for malware for the Mac. It's just that the scale of this one ought to be a bit of an eye-opener, if nothing else. Because people are going, wow, 600,000 Macs at least in the botnet, blah, blah, blah. Now, you know what? If it was only 6,000, that would still be a lot, at least for the denialists. You know, six, maybe you'd go, okay, there are, there are six people who just tripped over themselves. If they were 60, you'd say that's not a lot. But even to me, even 6,000 would be a sign that this is, this is bigger than any individual can avoid all by themselves. But there's another side to running antivirus software on a Mac. And that is, if you like, a sense of altruism. Even if you believe that you're immune, 
the probability that you're going to pass something on to your Windows colleagues or infect yourself if you use VMware Fusion, VirtualBox or Bootcamp, something like that, is quite high. Uh, we, we bought a bunch of USB keys from Railcorp New South Wales in their lost property auction last year just to see what was on them. And 66% of them had malware. It was all Windows malware. But as far as we could tell after the fact, one third of those infected keys belonged to Mac users. So, you know, you're not really doing your bit for the greater good of all if you're just saying, well, I don't care about any malware at all because I'm on a Mac and I'll be a safe surfer. The problem, particularly in this case, as we've seen with safe surfing, is you can go to a site that doesn't ask you or invite you to do anything dangerous sounding, triggers a, an exploit on your computer, and does the download in a way that completely bypasses all the visual protection you'd otherwise have. Now, uh, your Mac software too, we should point out, is actually free uh, for individual users. Is that, that's correct, isn't it? That is correct. The home user version is free in almost all senses of the word. You can't get the source code, I'm afraid, but you don't have to give us your name or even an email address or any way of contacting you. You don't have to register. There's no download password. You just install it and it knows how to go and get updates. The good news is that we've, we've already convinced over, well over a million users to use it on a regular basis. And that was obviously, let's be honest, we, there was a marketing reason for us doing it. it. It looks good. But also, we we sort of wanted to shake up Mac users a little bit and say, well, if you're worrying about the cost, if you're worrying about performance, if you're worrying about trying it, here's a way you can do so with absolutely no risk. You know, suck it and see. And, you know, over a million users have actually decided that this is a good idea. And the good news is that actually many of them also see it as a benefit to everybody else because the majority of what they find is Windows malware and they're delighted to be able to say to their Windows chums, hey, look what I looked what I look what I stopped you from doing when you got back home with this USB key, for example. Now there's this other dimension to the whole flashback issue, which is if I'm a bad guy and I've been writing malware. Uh, you know, I'm watching my infection rates drop as people uh, as people start. You know, the 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 use of AV uh, continues to climb. People are using better operating systems like Windows Seven and Vista in the Windows world, and they're moving away from XP. My job is getting harder. Then I see this this relatively unsophisticated bit of uh, malware deployed through a Java vulnerability. Uh, you know, that just goes out. Uh, and, and hoses hundreds of thousands of boxes. To me, that looks like a pretty decent proof of concept that, that, that would convince me that there's plenty of untilled soil among Mac users in terms of um, being able to infect them. Do you think that's how it works? Do you think that's how some of these bad guys will be thinking about it? Do you think this, the success of Flashback will actually encourage other malware writers to have a crack? I've sort of got a feeling, Patrick, that that's the way it's going to go. The silver lining, if you like, is that many people have been predicting this for years. Every time we see a bit of Mac malware, even last year when we saw fake antivirus, which obviously had some success and got some sales, generated some revenue, that it didn't go as large as quickly as it had in the Windows world. So it's easy to say, well, yes, this is the best proof of concept ever, so the crooks are going to come flooding in. Uh, let's hope that doesn't happen, but it is a perfectly reasonable inference to make. You know, it, you're, you're not clutching at straws by saying that. And, you know, if, if you believe that 
security experts and security companies, and in particular antivirus companies, are saying that because they want to sell you something. Actually, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe they've got something to sell you because they recognize that there's a genuine risk. All right, Paul, well, thank you very much for joining us with your thoughts on the current state of Mac malware. Much appreciated. As always, Patrick, a pleasure. 